Welcome to the Daily Canon Podcast. Hello again, listener. Welcome to episode 169. Nice. Of the Daily Canon Weekly Podcast, Stephen Bradley here flying solo this week as Matthew Wade was due to join us, but according to the Slack work chat today, he is, quote, a drooling mess, unquote. Um, he claims it's due to recent dental work. I am certainly of the thought that it's down to just watching Arsenal's third goal too, too many times. And I can't blame him, <laughs> frankly, from watching filth like that. But we will, we will soldier on nevertheless. It was a interesting night of Monday Night Football, to say the, week, say the least. Uh, another win? Ten in a row? <sighs> if he had told me after the Chelsea game that Arsenal would go ten on the spin and not be winning at half-time in the last seven of them, yet win all ten, I would have said you were mad. But... That's where we are. Maybe, you know, I don't, still don't think we're as, as good as our record shows, but we're winning games, and that's a clear improvement on our record the last couple of years where we weren't winning those games where we were playing particularly poorly in the first half. You know, we would let, you know, going 1-0 down, 2-0 down, you know, stuff like that, we would let that affect us, and it would get our confidence down, and we wouldn't play as well as we could, and we'd draw games instead of winning them, yet... As said earlier, in the last seven games, we've been drawing or losing at half time, and we've come back to win all seven of them. Like that's impressive. That is legitimately impressive stuff from Arsenal, and it just shows you know the confidence that's starting to to brew in this team to start to flow. And there's another couple of winnable games coming up. You know, Lisbon away on Thursday night, Crystal Palace away on the Sunday, Blackpool at home in the league. You know, everyone is focusing on you know Liverpool in two weeks, but. If Arsenal have won 12, 13 in a row by the time Liverpool turn up, then anything could happen. You know, we saw what happened last year. We were 2-0 down and then Arsenal scored three goals in 15 minutes. Like, it's it's amazing. After Wenger leaving, I didn't think it would take this few a time, this, this shortened amount of time for Arsenal to show that they are capable of playing exceptional football like they did in the second half against Leicester. But it happened. You know, we when Jurgen Klopp took over at Liverpool, it took two games for Liverpool fans to be convinced that his style of football was worth waiting for, was worth you know putting the effort and putting the time into. Pep Guardiola, game one at Manchester City. City fans were going, yep, that'll do. If you're going to try and play like that every game, we are going to give you time to do that. Pochettino at Spurs, as much as we don't like to give Spurs credit... But credit where it's due. You know, it was only after a, a month or two where Spurs fans were looking at that team and going, "Yep, that team's got a chance of winning. That team's got a chance of competing." And they were right. And even you know, Maurizio Sarri at Chelsea turns up and plays his particular brand of football, and within three games, Chelsea fans are purring over it. They're like, "Wow, this is wonderful to watch." And it's nice to see that it's taken a similar amount of time for Unai Emery to imprint his particular game plan onto Arsenal and for it to show that it might be worth waiting for because God knows we've all had kittens watching Arsenal try to play from the back in the first couple of months but if goals like Arsenal's third goal are the result of those teething problems then let they can play out from the back for years if those are the risks that they have to take in order to try and score goals like that you know it's in stark contrast that Arsenal can show in two months the football that they think is required to win titles. Yet, we saw Manchester United play Juventus 
at Old Trafford and meekly surrendered the ball for the first half. Like when, when's the last time you remember a team having 71% possession at Old Trafford and it's the away side? You know, like it's Arsenal have decided to change and at the moment it looks like it's working and it looks like it's something that's worth waiting for. And that can only be a positive. That you know, from that that was at the very least what most fans were hoping for. You know, anyone taking over from Arsenal Wenger was going to be a challenge, but to at least show that they've got something right, that when things go their way and when a plan comes together, it comes together as spectacularly does between the sixtieth and the seventieth minute against Leicester, then it can only breed confidence in both the players and the fans. That fans can, you know, rely on that as a memory and go, well, actually, if we play well, we can be quite good. And at the start of the season, no one had any expectations of that. We were all just sitting there hoping, waiting, you know, dying for a chance just to be shown what this team is capable of. And the, the you know, Ramsey's goal against Fulham was a brief indication of that, but Arsenal didn't play like that for 15, 20, 25 minutes like they did against Leicester. You know, between after the subs were made at the 60 minutes, from that moment on until you know 10 minutes from time, Arsenal were irresistible. They were sensational. From you know, from goalkeeper to striker, they were unstoppable. Leicester played well. Like we can't forget that Leicester played well, especially in the first half against against Arsenal Monday night. They were deservedly one nil up. Uh, it was a bit of a lucky deflection of Hector Bellerin, but Ben Chilwell had played brilliantly. Uh, and Didier Mendy had. Xhaka and Torreira all wrapped up. You know, the full-backs, you know, Pereira, per- Pereira and Chilwell again. You know, Bellerin and, and Licksteiner were getting no hope, no no run of, no space to run into, you know, on either side. And Arsenal were just bottled up in, in midfield. And it looked for a while we weren't going to get through. And then, you know, Chilwell makes one mistake. Bellerin gets down the right. He gets across in and Ozil strokes the ball in like only Ozil can. It's, and we were one all, And we might... We might probably have been a little bit lucky to be one all at half time. And when we talk about you know, when I talk about Arsenal having, you know, green shoots and you know confidence, you know, to, to come from this game, it's important to remember that the first 35, 40 minutes weren't f- fantastic. You know, Wobi, Ozil and Mikatarian, almost all of the they were all you know treading on each other's toes, so to speak. Trying to da- trying to da- trying to dance in a very small spa- bit bit of space and almost trying to get out of each other's way, and it's it's going to be interesting in the future how Emery solves that. Because as much as you'd like those three to be playing in the same team, I'm not sure it's possible, especially with Xhaka behind him, who's also waiting for someone to make a run. You know, if if Iwobi's looking up waiting for someone to make a run, and if Ozil's doing the same, and if Mkhitaryan's doing the same, and if Xhaka's doing the same, then no one's running. You know, Lacazette is ploughing a lone forward up front. Licksteiner, who did okay at left back, but is seriously one-footed and thus wasn't continually kept cutting on his right, therefore stopping all attacks because you know the the the, the right back wasn't afraid of him being beaten on his on on the far touchlines. So we just let him cut in all the time. It was a case of everything just got funneled into a small amount of space, and I just wonder what that bodes for for the future in terms of team selections because. As good as those players are, it just doesn't look like they fit together well. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't look like Mkhitaryan, Ozil and Xhaka can play in the same team. And what does that mean for Ramsey? 
you know, because Ozil is pretty much undroppable for a few games after a game like that. And Ramsey's not really a right winger. And maybe maybe you try and shoehorn it in like Wenger tried to do in 2014. Or maybe you just push Ozil wide right, but how can you push Ozil right wide right after what he did through the middle between the 60th and the 70th minute? Like it's very, very hard to see how you can even contemplate drop. Never mind dropping Ozil, just moving him at this point. Like that, those are the games. That game against Leicester are exactly the games which we bring up to illustrate why it was worth paying him three hundred fifty thousand pounds a week. He was unplayable. He was simply unplayable, and having a top class player now in Ramsey on the bench to play in the same position as Ozil. You know, he's too good to be back up, but he might not be but he's not good enough to play ahead of him. So where do you play him? I mean you can't really play him up you know, up front, you know, as a centre forward beside Lacazette because as we saw, Lacazette on his own, especially against three centre backs when Leicester were playing, you know, with five at the back at times, had no chance. As soon as Aubameyang comes on, everything opens up for him. You know, the the more times we play Lacazette and Aubameyang and Ozil together, the better. And Awobi has played himself into the team at the moment. That just means that, every, you know, you have to play Torreira. Guendouzi, every game, looks like he's just learning. I mean, he there were points in the, in the, in the, at the end of the second half where it, was, it wasn't reminiscent of Vieira, but whenever... Whenever Arsenal used to play in like, you know, 2000, 2001, it would often be Vieira just standing in the centre midfield by himself and everyone else attacking around him. And at times, it was the same with Guendouzi. He was like, no, lads, I have this. You, you run along. You give me 15, 15 yards of space. I'll, I'll, I'll marshal everything from here. And he did. And you're like, he's so young. If he's doing that at this age, give it two years. You're like, Jesus, this, this lad's going to be fantastic. Xhaka, who after you know we made the subs, got shunted out to left back, wasn't awful. There, I mean he'll never he'll never that's never going to be his full time position. He hasn't got the pace for it. But the way he beat Pereira, you know, with a little bit of a feint to to start off the move for the third goal was spectacular. Straight to Torreira, who immediately showed why he's the long term solution at defence midfielder. Just because he's always in the right place at the right time. But as soon as he as soon as he gets the ball, his only inclination. How do I get the ball further forward? That's it. I'm not going to pass it sideways. I'm not going to pass it back. I'm going to look exactly at those. And I'm going to get here. You take the ball. You're better than I am. You go score. And he did it time and again. And it just put so much tempo and so much speed into our game that, you know, it, when the ball moves as quick as it does, especially for the third goal, it's, you can't defend it. It doesn't matter how quick your fullbacks are. If the ball's going quicker than you, you're not going to catch it. I know that sounds stupid, but that's... The essence of how Arsenal used to counterattack for years, where the ball would just fly up the field, a lot, you know, Burkamp would put the ball into space, and that would be it. We're in, and it's not a very, you know, complicated tactic or sophisticated tactic. But when Arsenal attack at speed, with Ozil running rings around centre defenders and Lacazette coming short and Aubameyang just standing on the edge of the, on the shoulder of the last defender waiting to make a run into the box, Arsenal are lethal. As they showed, you know, it took three passes, two by Ozil, one by Lacazette, to cut apart a back five. 
you know, one dummy run by Iwobi takes out Evans. Harry Maguire has no idea which way Ozil's going to go, so he gambles, misses. Ozil just dummies the ball, walks around him. Lacazette plays a little through ball in, and the Bamiyang's free. Like, it's... It's football like that that just makes you think Arsenal don't need any more attackers. In fact, Arsenal might have too many attackers. And I just wonder how long it's going to be before Emery, not realises, but decides that he has to play Ozil and Lacazette and Aubameyang no matter what. And it's just a case of who's going to be the fourth wheel. You know, it's it, there's a lot of interesting selection dilemmas to come up because everyone's fit. You know, Danny Welbeck hasn't been awful this year. Wobie's been improving game on game on game. You know, his ability, his willingness and ability to show for the ball and beat a man off a dribble is something Arsenal have missed for years. And, you know, Mkhitaryan will come in and out to the side. Ramsey, as we've already discussed. Who knows what's going to happen to Eddie and Ketia, who we all thought was going to get tons of game time this year and, and now it looks as far away from the first team as anything. You know, we were all bemoaning Reese Nelson's loan out to Hoffenheim, but he's killing it out there at the moment. You know, two goals last weekend. It's him and Jalen Sancho are showing every young Englishman in, in academies and on benches at Premier League clubs that actually you might want to go abroad, lads, because you can make a name for yourself a lot quicker than you think. It's it's go, it's going to be interesting just to see how Arsenal decide to, to sort this out. Because no matter what Arsenal do, someone's nose is going to be put out of joint. You know, I don't think Lacazette is, un, is undroppable and he didn't have his best night on Monday, but he's been playing superbly so far this season. <laughs> Aubameyang's last six shots have went in. So it's not it's not like he's playing poorly. You know, someone someone's gonna have to take it on the chin that they're just not they're not they're not gonna get picked and I suppose that happens at big clubs. You know, there were times that Isco couldn't get a game for, for Real Madrid. You know, Dybala has played well for Juventus, but he's not in every Juventus team. You know, Coleman, Taliso, etc., you know, don't get into every into Bayern teams. I suppose it's just a case of squad rotation, but with with the Arsenal Supporters Trust reporting Arsenal might, quote, only have £40 million in the summer when teams are going to be spending big. It's like, can we afford to have players like Ramsey run out their contract? Do Is it a case that we have to cash in just so we can keep up with everyone else's big spending? Because as good as Arsenal are, if Koscielny is any way back to his best when he comes back in a few weeks, maybe we don't need a defender, but is Mustafi the long-term solution at centre-back? Probably not. Holding might be. Socrates is 30. Koscielny's 33. Like, it's... There's definitely work to be done there. Bellerin is improving at right-back. He, he played really well in the second half. Wasn't his best first half, but he's, he's definitely improving on last season. Left-back... You know, maybe... All these games are finally catching up in Montreal. Kalashnak, I suppose, has been unlucky a bit with injuries, but it looked, but it seemed looks like he's a wing back at best. Licksteiner was okay last night, but again, he, he, you know, he's so one-footed that he's not really an attacking option. And if Arsenal are going to play so many, you know, attacking midfielders, then your left back has to be a threat with his left foot. Otherwise, everything gets compacted in. 
it's it's going to be interesting to see the, the decisions Arsenal make over the next couple of months because they're big ones. You know, this, this team needed a lot of rebuilding and the early signs are good, they're promising, but we're certainly not out of the woods yet. You know, there is still plenty of work to be done and again, if the end goal is, display, is to play as well as, you know, we did for 25 minutes in the second half, then great. But we're still putting ourselves in positions that we need to dig ourselves out of at the moment. You know, it's far from perfect. It's far from the ideal solution, far from, you know, the the perfect game. And maybe, you know, of course, we're never going to play the perfect game, but when if we keep going down, you know, conceding the opening goal, then eventually we're going to start losing games. And, yes, the next couple of games may look easy enough on paper. You know, Sporting Lisbon haven't been performing as well as they have been lately. Crystal Palace are 15th in the league, five goals in nine games, you know, but Zaha has a threat from anywhere and he usually plays on the left wing, cutting in on his right, a la Thierry Henry. And if, you know, if Bellerin has an off game, then Arsenal could be in trouble. It's, you know, as as much as we fawned over Arsenal's performance in those 20 minutes, we ha- we do sincerely have to remember that this is the start of something. You know, not to get caught up in the, the hysteria and the euphoria of going, oh my God, that's one of the best goals we've ever seen, and go, there's a lot of work to do here. But, at least it looks like work is being done. And, you know, in the middle of October, after losing our first two league games, if you told me that it would be clear that Arsenal were improving and that there was a plan in place, and that progress was being made towards getting Arsenal back into at least a Champions League spot, then I would have bitten your hand off. You know, Tottenham have had their best ever start to a Premier League, and they're behind it. I don't, you can't ask for much more than that, especially after losing your first two games. So on that note, we will we will bid you adieu. Remember, this isn't you know the end of Arsenal being crap or Arsenal you know or Arsenal not succeeding or anything like that, but. If it does, you know, go sour in the next couple of months, you just have to remember that for one night at least, everyone, every football fan looked at Arsenal playing football and went, Jesus Christ, they're good. And that's got to be the aim. You know, for there was four or five years where if Arsenal were on the telly, everyone watched. If Arsenal were playing on the sky, everyone watched. You know, we were must-see TV and... If Arsenal continue to play like they did in those 20 minutes against Leicester, then Arsenal will be a force a lot sooner than anyone thought they would be again. And even from old pessimistic Bradley, I can only, I can, <laughs> I can only applaud Emery and hope to God that this is the start of something great. We will talk to you next week, listeners. Good luck. Good luck.